Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Brett Appley. Welcome back to another UFC Quick Picks here on the Mayo Media Network. We have UFC Vegas 53 this weekend. Rob Font versus Marlon Vera. 12 fights on the slate coming off a, a crazy week last week. We had Mike Jackson pull out a disqualification win as like a plus 1,000 underdog. We had a minus 2,000 favorite in Alexander Romanov get pulled from the slate in the middle of the card. Totally screwed everyone from a DraftKings perspective. That was really unfortunate. And that fight's actually on this slate now. So it adds a whole new wrench, uh, a whole new angle to the card on Saturday. As always, I'm going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and my fade of the week on DraftKings. And before I get into it, just make sure you subscribe to the channel, guys. Like the video and comment below who your favorite play is. Let's go just on the slate. Can't say Alexander Romanov. Otherwise, anyone's up for grabs. Who's your favorite play on this slate? Without further ado, I'll get into my cash game play here. It's going to be Marlon Vera at 7.9K. All right, in cash games, you know, obviously I, I gave out Alexander Romanov last week. He's at 9.6K once again. He's an obvious cash game play once again. I just didn't feel that I could give it out two weeks in a row. So we're going to target the main event here, which is Rob Font versus Marlon Vera. Now, I actually picked Rob Font to win. I feel like he's... The better minute winner here, he's more likely to win rounds cleanly. His metrics are just better than Vera's. He's averaging uh, 5.64 significant strikes landed per minute, absorbing 3.55 per minute, 59% defense. He can mix in takedowns, 1.1 average per 15 minutes. Vera's only 4.08 significant strikes landed per minute, 4.27 absorbed, so he's still getting hit more often than he lands strikes. 50% striking defense. I think it's fair to favor Font in this matchup as the superior round winner. Um, the problem, though, is that Font is coming off a loss to Jose Aldo in which he won the vast, vast majority of the minutes, outstruck Aldo 149 to 86. Um, but he was getting hurt very, very often. Like, Aldo stole several rounds by hurting Font with just, like, a single strike. And, man, Marlon Vera is very dangerous. Vera loses early rounds in fights very often, but he's excellent at coming from behind damaging fighter in the clinch, great cardio, great durability. So as much as I do favor Font, I feel like, you know, it's only going to take one shot from Vera to hurt Font based on what I saw against Aldo. I'm just really not sure that Font will be able to take the shots. And so from a cash game perspective, I do like both sides here. I think playing Rob Font in cash games makes sense. I think playing Marlon Vera in cash games makes sense. I think you can stack them both up. The fight is projected to last quite a while here at, let's see, um, minus 155 over four and a half rounds. So the fight's projected to play out for a while. Both guys are going to put up strikes. The reason I'm, I'm prioritizing Vera a little bit is just because of the durability angle. 
where if someone wins by first round knockout, second round knockout, I, I think it's much more likely to be Marlon Vera. I think Vera's pretty dang likely to survive all five rounds. So if Font wins, I would expect it to be a decision, whereas Vera also has that early finishing upside. And he's also cheaper. We are kind of desperate for salary on this slate, especially if we want to get up to Romanov. Rob Font's at 8.3K, Vera's at 7.9K. Vera's only plus 115 to win. I think projecting this fight close to evens is is fair. I, I think favoring Font a little bit is fair, but the durability angle is tough to call. Um, so I like both sides of the matchup. I think targeting both sides of the matchup in tournaments makes sense as well. But Vera... I think we'll be a little bit higher owned by the public because of the price, because people like him. He comes through a lot and font has some durability question marks. 7.9 K Marlon Vera is going to be my cash game play of the week. Moving on to tournaments. Let's go with Gina Mazzani at 8.9 K, not a fighter. I'd, I ever thought that I'd be giving out as a tournament play of the week. And for the record, I will be spreading my exposure out in this range. Obviously, I'll be paying up to Romanov when I can, but I think, you know, Feely, Tyra, Levy, Mazzani, Dawson, a lot of these fighters have upside, have grappling-based upside, and I don't know that any one of them is going to be extraordinarily more popular than others. I do like Gina Mazzani here, and I think her ownership may not be too high because she's only plus 240 inside the distance, like Romanov's minus 550. That's one of the biggest lines I've ever seen in my life. Mazzani's only plus 240 inside the distance, so not exceptionally likely to win um, by knockout or submission, but she has a clear grappling path to victory here, and her opponent, Shauna Young, is just not that competent on the mat. Young is 0-3 in the UFC plus contender series. She was taken down twice by Sarah Alpar on the contender series and submitted. That's not a great loss. She was taken down three times by Macy Chasson, controlled for eight and a half minutes and lost a decision. And most recently, she was taken down twice by Stephanie Ager, TKO'd on the ground in the second round. So those are her only three fights that we have between the UFC and Contender Series. And it's, you know, I think Young might have an advantage on the feet here. She's pretty aggressive with her feet, kicks a lot. Um, her her first level takedown defense isn't horrendous. I mean, it's 53%, but once she does get taken down, her ground game is not good. Um, she doesn't scramble well. She gives up her back. She goes for these weird leg locks, and it just presents an opportunity where if you can get her down, you can keep her down, you can land strikes, you can potentially submit her. And Gina Mazzani, pretty much the only thing she can do is wrestle a little bit. She's averaging 4.7 takedowns per 15 minutes. That's the only time I want to be targeting her. Her striking metrics are fine. 3.43 landed, 3.17 absorbed. A lot of that's ground and pound though. Um, and her only two wins in the UFC out of seven tries came when she landed five takedowns against Wu Yanan, seven takedowns against Rachel Ostovich. She was also beating Priscilla Cachoeira, landed four takedowns until she got tired. So there's definitely risks here, but 
it seems very likely that Mazzani's going to come in with a wrestling-based game plan. She attempts takedowns at a pretty high rate. She's been successful with them at a pretty high rate. And once she gets on top, I think she can control Young. I think she can land ground and pound. I think there's some finishing potential. And for 8.9K, you know what? Like, I'm willing to take some chances here. Um, there's no guarantee outside of Romanov, and even Romanov's not a guarantee. But otherwise, we're just we're just... We're just taking upside risks. And Mazzani, despite not having a great inside distance line, has a lot of potential to grapple, land some takedowns, control. Average finishing prop, but I think it's possible. And for 8.9K, she could put up 95 to 100 points or more. Um, her last win, she put up 138 points, so that shows upside. The win before that, 118. 8.9K for Gina Mazzani. I like her. She's going to be my tournament play of the week. All right, moving on to my salary play of the week. I'm going to give out Jared Gordon at 7.5K. And I don't feel particularly confident about this one. Um, I like Jared Gordon. He's got a tough fight against Grant Dawson, though. He's plus 160 to win, so a sizable underdog. And the problem with Gordon, one, is he's lost three times in the UFC by knockout. His durability is a little bit questionable, so like Dawson randomly knocking him out is in play, even though I don't consider Dawson a great knockout artist. And also Gordon doesn't defend takedowns that well, only 50%. Like in his last win, he gave up four takedowns to Joe Selecki, he gave up his back. Um, he probably will give up some takedowns here, especially early. Grant Dawson's a, a good wrestler, an aggressive younger fighter, averages 3.3 takedowns per 15 minutes. I think targeting Dawson here uh, in tournaments is fine. He projects to have wrestling, grappling upside. And early on in this fight, I do think Dawson will have some success. The The problem with Dawson is that, like, unless he's finishing opponents, unless he's submitting Mike Trezano, Derek Minner, you know, he, he took down and controlled Julian Arosa, took down, uh, took down and controlled Nad Naramani, I worry about his level of competition and his last fight out against Rick Glenn was a major concern because Dawson took Glenn down in the first two rounds without too much trouble, controlled him without too much trouble. He had eight minutes of control in his first, in the first 10 minutes of the fight. It wasn't really, Glenn landed five strikes in the first two rounds. It wasn't a tough matchup at all for Dawson. But despite that control, he gassed out horribly to the point that he was failing on all his takedown attempts in round three. He ended up on the bottom. Glenn beat him up, nearly submitted him, and pulled off a 10-8 round to actually score that fight a draw. And, like, one thing Jared Gordon is good at is having cardio and, and pace to go 15 minutes. The guy is landing 5.22 Significant strikes per minute, absorbing 3.12. You know, we've seen him put up 116, 101 significant strikes in fights before. He goes pretty hard, and he averages 2.54 takedowns per 15 minutes. He's landed takedowns in one, two, three, four, five of his last six fights. Only The only fight he didn't was a loss to Charles Oliveira. So Gordon can wrestle too. And Gordon is a brown belt in jiu-jitsu under John Danaher, which is a, a very... You know, that's a, that's a good mark. That's a good mark to have. And 
So I'm not really I'm not really certain that Dawson can do much with his takedowns, even if he does get them early. I think yeah, maybe some level of control. Maybe he can take the back. I don't think Gordon's ever been submitted. So just assuming Dawson will submit him quickly, I don't think is fair. And the longer this fight goes, I just I worry that Gordon's a better striker than Dawson. Uh, you know, Dawson's defending takedowns at forty percent. So I think Gordon could get on top. And if Gordon gets on top, he lands a ton of ground and pound. And we, we just saw what happened to Dawson against Glenn. It doesn't seem that far out of the question that Gordon could pull off a similar type of, of performance and win the fight here. So again, we're desperate for salary. I don't think uh, just outright picking Gordon, locking him in is the right call. But for 7.5K, he has a nice mix of striking upside, wrestling upside, um, you know, control, grappling points. And I don't think a finish is completely out of the question either. He's plus 5'10 inside the distance. So you shouldn't be expecting a finish. But the fighter's price below Gordon, you know, it's starting to get pretty risky there. Whereas Gordon, I think, legitimately could last a few rounds, legitimately could be on the same level of Dawson in a lot of areas could be better than him at things. Gordon's a very good fighter. I'm willing to use the salary here um, to play him. So Gordon will be my salary play of the week. And finally, my fade of the week, I'm going to go with Christoph Yatko at 8.8K. And I don't feel too strongly about this one either. It's not like you have to fade him. I just don't like him as much as pretty much... Uh, every other fighter on the slate, despite maybe Andre Arlovsky. I, I don't think I'll be playing any Ar- Andre Arlovsky. Honestly, I should have just given out Andre Arlovsky as the fade of the week, but maybe that one's a little bit more obvious. 8.4K. I don't think people are really going to be playing him. Yatko is priced up a little bit. I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to give you uh, someone that's a riskier fade here. And Yatko's opponent, Mir Sharp, tends to give up points in losses. So this is not uh, this is not a lock by any stretch. Mir Sharp doesn't really defend anything too well. He doesn't defend takedowns well at all, 35%. Um, he's absorbing 3.43 significant strikes per minute, but we've seen him knocked out in the first round twice by Chemaev and Ian Heinish. So um, there, are, there are definitely ways for Yatko to score, but the thing I don't like about Yako is just that he doesn't he doesn't push a pace himself. He doesn't like to produce offense. Yako is only landing 2.9 significant strikes per minute. That's that's a very very low pace. He's absor- he does a good job at limiting exchanges though. He's only absorbing 2.2 strikes per minute, so it's not a case where he just gets hit so often. He just doesn't like to engage at all. Um, but it typically means he goes the distance. And so in his last five fights, he's landed 43, 40, 66, 37, and 41 significant strikes. That's a very low rate, and that's not going to score well enough on DraftKings. He also can wrestle a little bit, averages 1.1 takedown for 15 minutes. Again, that's not, you know... That's not that great of a pace. Maybe he'll land one to two takedowns here. That, that'll put up some points. But Gerald Mearshart is very, very skilled on the ground, a black belt in jiu-jitsu. That's where Mearshart wants the fight. So I'm not really certain that Yatko would be safe there. I'm not certain that Yatko even wants the fight there. So it's just not a fight that projects to play out at a high pace, doesn't project to have a lot of exchanges. Yatko, 
I don't know what his inside distance line is. I don't see it out. I see plus 200 by KOTKO, which is pretty decent, actually. Um, but Yachtko's, like, his DraftKings history is very, very poor. There's 10 fights showing 10 victories on his record, and he's only scored more than 90 points twice, I think. He put up 98 points against Amadovsky, and then he has... A knockout win over Tamden McCrory back in 2016. Those are the only times he's ever scored over 90 points. And on this type of slate, especially when you can sort of pencil in uh, Romanov at 9.6K, we're going to need a big score. We're going to need a big score out of Yatko for him to have a shot at the optimal lineup. And I'm just not that confident in it. I, I want guys who are aggressive, aggressively landing takedowns, aggressively hunting for the finish, strikes at a high volume. And Yatko doesn't really fit the bill for me there. So I'm going to be pretty light on Yatko this week. Makes for an okay, like, contrarian large field tournament play. But with a limited number of lineups, I'll call him my fade of the week. All right, guys, that's it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you again for the support. You can follow me on Twitter at BradAppleyTTP, DailyFandomMMA.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns needs. Best of luck in your contest this week. We'll see you soon. Peace.